Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice. And this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we're going to talk about the reaction that many of my mediators are telling me about that they receive from attorneys when they reach out to them to talk about the possibility of converting a already scheduled in-person mediation into an online mediation. And that reaction is, no, we'll wait. So I'm getting constant um, feedback from people that, although when we talk to people who are third-party clients, who are, in my experience, always open-minded, there does seem to be a bit of a knee-jerk reaction among advocates that they would prefer to wait until someday when we can do these things in person again. Um, And I think this flows from a few different factors. Um, And I can speak to this as a person who has been an advocate to clients in mediation, as well as being a mediator, um, both online and in person for years. So first off, I do think there is an element of just You know, attorneys, we are trained to be prepared for everything. We are much more comfortable in settings that we control and that we understand and where we know what to expect. Attorneys do not like surprises that they can't plan for. They don't tend to like new things, and the online platform may be new to many of them. Um, And they just don't like that situation where they're not in control. And to a large degree, even though a mediation may be held in a mediator's offices, attorneys still have that feeling of being in control, uh, physically present. And so they have that concern. Um, They also, in many cases, feel that they will have less client management in an online platform, um, in which case many of them really, truly will push to have their clients present with them in their offices if they're doing a remote um, mediation or dispute resolution process. That brings about some additional complications, which I will cover in this episode. Um, they, They often will say they fear that online mediation is less effective. In fact, one of my trainees recently Um, forwarded an email that they got from an insurance defense attorney saying that they heard it was only 23% as effective as in-person mediation. Yet when we asked for the backup for that, because that's certainly, I've never seen that data myself, and I do a lot of research, um, 
they didn't couldn't find the article. Um, you know, maybe it was anecdotal. Um, I can tell you anecdotally in my experience, and certainly now having trained many thousand of mediators, um, the online price process is as effective. Um, if not more effective in many cases for resolving matters. And in fact, I find that they actually resolve more quickly uh, because of the streamlined nature of an online platform. Uh, And then, you know, there are the concerns that are going around about security. Now, you know, if you've listened to my episode on Zoom security, if you're using the Zoom platform, um, definitely you know that there are things that you can do to make the Zoom experience, the meeting experience more secure. Any of the online platforms are going to have some vulnerabilities. We've talked about the fact that in person, there can be vulnerabilities, mostly stemming from the magic cell phone that people bring into these proceedings. If you haven't listened to that episode, give it a listen because I cover all of that. Um, And those will give you some important talking points for the attorneys. But today I want to go over some tips to help you work with your attorneys, the ones that you work with all the time, the ones that you may attract because you're now an online mediator. So let's talk first about the fact that attorneys don't like surprises, that they don't like that feeling of not understanding the platform, what it looks like, how is this going to happen, how are you going to caucus, how are you going to do joint sessions, what is this going to feel like? There's a very easy and effective way to approach that. There's actually a couple. The first one is, and I've, I've suggested this, and I think I suggested it in the marketing episode, um, reach out to the attorneys that you are working with and offer to do a walkthrough with them in advance of any mediations you may have scheduled um, or as a prep to a mediation that you have scheduled. You can either walk both sides, counsel from both sides through at the same time, or consider doing it separately if they're more comfortable. Um, Or if you know some, um, say, defense attorneys that all know each other, make it a, a, a lunch thing or make it an interesting, fun thing for them all to get together with you as the mediator. That that does a lot of great things, right? You can walk them through what Zoom looks like. You can show them breakout rooms or you can show them, uh, I shouldn't just say Zoom, you may be using a different platform. And if you are, you know, you can still walk them through the platform, make sure that you show them how you're going to caucus, how you're going to have private conversations with them, how you share the screen, how you can work on the documents, all of that will go a long way to alleviating any concerns they have and also just giving a level of comfort with whatever platform you are using. So that's absolutely uh, the holy grail, the best way to go, the, the gold standard would be to be able to reach out to them in advance, right, ahead of time and personally walk them through. But another very effective method that many mediators ha- are doing right now is creating an online video, a, a video of a sample mediation, Um, where they get some colleagues together. Uh, One group I was just talking to got four colleagues, so there were five of them, and they just did a quick five-minute mock waiting room, 
breakout rooms, joint session, caucusing, um, and then shared the screen to show a document. So I think they covered those five factors and then were able to send that um, as a link in an email broadly to the attorneys they work with or make it a part of their orientation package or their introductory package to the attorneys for a matter. You know, as an example, we've created this video um, so that you have an opportunity to see what the process will look like. That is another great way um, to get them to, to understand the functionality of your online platform. Once they, it doesn't feel like something new to them, once they feel like they understand how it looks, works, and functions, then they will be much less knee-jerk, ready to say, no, we don't want to try that. In fact, they can say to their client or even share the video if you're doing a video, um, they can share that with their clients to help answer questions for the clients, or they at least have the knowledge themselves to do it. So that can be a really great tool. It kind of verges into that marketing world, but it's also something to just consider incorporating into your pre-mediation process or as you start getting out there right now to do mediations and you're finding attorneys um, are saying no or saying we'd rather wait, consider saying, you know what, Bill, I understand, or Mary, I understand you have reservations. How about we just set up a quick 15-minute Zoom meeting or I turn one on right now um, if you're not already in a Zoom meeting so that you can walk them through it. So I do think that that's a really effective tool. Um, it also keeps you top of mind, right? They're going to remember when they need a um, online dispute resolution that you know how to do it. You know how to do it so well you were able to walk them through it. Now, the other issue that they feel is that they will have less control. And, you know, we attorneys, we are control freaks. We do like to be in control of the process. And there's something about physically being present that always makes attorneys feel better. Having their client present so that they can impress upon them uh, certain, you know, advice or counsel is very important to attorneys. And they feel that the personal gets lost in the online platform. Now, if you are an online mediator, I think you understand that that is a misperception. Um, that is, in fact, not absolutely not my experience. It is not the experience of uh, the the majority, if not all, of the mediators that I have trained and gotten feedback from. Um, because the visual is so predominant, our facial expression, our uh, voice inflections, which are about 80% of human communication, um, because that's so focused in an online mediation, there's actually an enhanced communication that goes on. But until you experience it, again, that can be difficult to understand. So I do, again, think the video or the walkthrough is very effective for helping attorneys. Um, the other thing that they need to remember is for clients, and I always gently bring this into the conversation with attorneys, or when I'm talking to them about the fact they need to educate their attorneys on the process, I say, you know, for your clients, this probably isn't new because they are not usually um, that 
often in a mediation or arbitration or dispute resolution process, right? We as as mediators, attorneys and arbitrators and dispute resolution professionals, we are in them all the time and know that this is a new method. Clients don't generally know that. Um, so the clients are not thinking that this is something all that different. In fact, they're usually happy because they're having an opportunity to resolve their matter. Uh, but it does bring up a an issue that I find it very helpful to discuss with attorneys or at least make them aware of because many attorneys in the thinking of I need to have my client with me in order to have the most control over my client or have the most influence with my client to bring this to settlement will insist that their client be with them in their office when they are doing the mediation or when the mediation is going on. Um, And that certainly is something that uh, can be done, but it will in the online platform create some potentially awkward moments. Um, First off, it depends on where in the attorney's space they're going to set that up. If they set up in a conference room, you know, for an example, are they going to be using one laptop? Will they have two laptops? If they do, there might be feedback issues. So something to make them aware of in that instance. Um, The other issue is if they're using one laptop to be seen on screen at the same time, they kind of have to lean in together, which creates just a little awkward dynamic because they're not really looking at each other. They're sort of looking at the screen so they can see the mediator who's speaking to them. And it's actually a little less visual, just makes for a little bit different feel. The other um, aspect of it is, and this comes up all the time, and if you don't think about it ahead of time, it's an awkward moment uh, when the attorney wants to, or the mediator wants to talk with the attorney alone or talk to the two attorneys in some other place. It means that either the attorney has to do something with the client to move them, which is very awkward, or the attorney has to leave the client maybe in the conference room and then go to their office and set up a separate entrance into the meeting, a separate um, link into the meeting so that they can meet separately with the mediator and or uh, the other attorney or whoever they might be wanting to speak to privately. So those can create just some logistical issues, but also some potentially awkward moments. Um, Another thing for the attorneys to be apprised of ahead of time is if it's a full day mediation, couple of things. One, if their clients are going to be with them, now they're the ones who will be supplying lunch and snacks and and things for the client. If the client's going to be separate, it might be a nice idea or as a courtesy to remind the client that this will likely take all day. You may want to have access to food, uh, keep some you know coffee and drinks uh, ready at the go, that sort of thing. The other thing, and this is a plus, and I most attorneys sort of sit up and take notice when I make them aware of this, is because they can be in their office, or right now most people are in their home office, but they're still in a space where they can work, um, they actually, if they are especially separate from their client, they can go when it's downtime in the mediation process um, and work on other matters. 
um, and function on other things that you can set up. You know, I've talked, I talk about in my training that if the other, you know, you're going off with, uh, in breakout room one with the plaintiff and their attorney, and it's likely to be a long conversation, the defendant and their attorney can be doing something else productive in that time. And you just let them know you're going to uh, text them or call them on the cell phones to let them know it's time to come back to the meeting. Um, so that is is actually for many attorneys who can then have a multiple billing event type of day that can be particularly effective. Um, so I do always let them know of that type of a benefit um, because they don't always think about it, right? We all don't always think about these things. Um, now, they, many of the attorneys will have a perception um, that it is less effective to mediate online. And I think this also has a genesis in a couple of different places. One, I think that they will take anything that they've heard that substantiates their desire not to do an online proceeding and you know, grab onto that fact. So they may have heard that or thought they saw that somewhere. Again, I will tell you that the statistics that I find show that it is at least as effective, if not more effective, anecdotally. That is also my experience. And the vast majority of feedback I get from all of my trainees is the same. But Right now, especially in the COVID era, era um, but I think endemic to any new pl avenue of doing anything is that not everyone who goes out there and does it takes the time to properly train and to properly learn how to do something. And online mediation is no different. That is why I do so many trainings. That's why I created the program. And thankfully, I appreciate that so many people have reached out to take it because online mediation is not a place to wing it. And I say that, right? Anybody who's listening now who's been one of my to one of my programs knows, do not wing it. It is, I did it. I winged it back in the beginning. And it is a huge mistake. And it's mistake beyond your personal practice. It is going to turn off all of the participants. When you make mistakes, when you are not in control of your process, when you are not functioning at your best in the online platform, then the attorneys, the clients, and the mediator usually will walk away with a bad feeling about the process and will bad mouth the process, which hurts us all. So definitely in a time right now where so many mediators and dispute resolution professionals feel forced to go online because of social distancing, because of the pandemic, um, there are, are obviously going to be those who just jump on. And there are obviously going to be mistakes made. So I think your best way to deal with this, if that is the reaction that you're getting from the attorneys, is to point out that you are trained, that you have experience, that you are in control of your process, that you, you know, the more mastery of your process you can display, uh, the more you educate them on the actual process, which displays your acumen in the area, I think goes a long way to that. And again, I, going back to the um, demonstration, uh, the orientation, the video, I think is a huge help with this area as well. 
Now, the the final area where I really think we really come into some issues for uh, attorneys and really any professional out there right now or anyone getting online is people are concerned about security. Uh, they're concerned that the process is not secure, that they're, you know, somehow the plaintiff is going to come walking into their breakout room if they're the defense um, side of things, or that people are going to overhear private conversations. Um, so I think there's a great deal that we can do to educate people both about the measures that we as mediators or dispute resolution professionals can take and know that we need to take to make the matter secure. And again, I'll refer back to how to make your meeting secure episode, but highlighting that is the use of the waiting room, is the fact that the only the mediator has controls over recording and over the breakout rooms, you know, who can go in and out of them and who is assigned to them. Um, all of those safety factors, uh, the password enabling, the keeping this, the link secure, all of that is truly, you know, the best way to let them know you have a mastery over your platform. And it really goes back to the training, the understanding your platform and what is needed. Um, so I find those measures go a long way to alleviating the fear of attorneys. Now, another thing to do, and it kind of hits on that marketing, but that's really what you're doing, right? If you're talking to attorneys to convince them to give online dispute resolution a try, you're kind of marketing. So another thing you can do is if you have had some successful online mediations in, that have incorporated counsel, get some feedback from them, ideally positive comments, and, and ask for permission to use those. Put them right on your website, but also, you know, pepper it in. Hey, you know what? If you're nervous about this, Mary, why don't you call Bill? I just did one with him last week. I know you guys are, are acquaintances or colleagues. Give him a call. He told me afterwards he had a great experience. That is, you know, word of mouth um, colleagues recommending that is you can't you can't pay for that type of um, positive feedback and the positive effect that that will have. Um, one last note on you uh, cases where you have attorneys, um, and this might go a little beyond uh, convincing attorneys that to give it a try. But another thing that I think is a really nice touch is making sure that because you're you're often only going to speak to the attorneys before the mediation, making sure that you make it easy for the attorneys to educate their clients and prepare their clients for the mediation or dispute resolution process. So consider creating handouts for the attorneys to provide to their um, clients. Think how nice that is. And you can get your letterhead on there, how professional that looks, how wonderful that that will feel to the attorney, again, showing your mastery. You know what they need to, t to tell to their clients or how they can prep their clients. And you understand their experience of the of this process. Um, so all of the above, I will I have found and I have heard again through my my many uh, trainees, 
are all very effective ways to work with your attorneys to help them to understand and feel comfortable in the online space. So I hope that was helpful. I hope that gets you online into your new online mediation practice and brings you the attorneys to the, ta- to the virtual table. So I'll see you all again next week. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode, and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com, and you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.